Lord, let's stand together and could we turn our voices and our hearts towards him? I believe your hearts are already turned. Could we turn our voices towards him right now? Jesus, we worship you. We've come together to exalt your name. What a privilege it is to gather in unity. What a privilege and honor it is to call on the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus. We thank you tonight. We worship you. Thank you for the liberty wherewith you have made us free. I praise you, the living God. I worship you. Thank you for bringing us out of darkness into your marvelous light. We bless your name tonight, O oh God. We worship your name this evening, Lord. You are great and greatly to be praised. Let the words from our mouth and let the thoughts of our heart be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, O oh Lord. We bless your name tonight. We bless your name tonight. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, let your virtue move through this room, Lord. Let your virtue move through this room, I pray. Virtue of the Lord, touch every saint of God, every soul in this room. Let the virtue of the Lord, the ministry of your spirit, reach into each one, I pray, in the precious holy name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, I thank you, Father. You are worthy of our worship. You are worthy of our praise. You are worthy, Lord. You are worthy, Lord. You are worthy, Lord. Hallelujah, you are worthy, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. What a ministry of the Spirit that is here right now. Aren't you thankful for that? God is so good to us, isn't he? Amen. I had a friend who always used to say, better than I deserve. Praise God. He's so very good. And uh, so good to see you tonight and be with you and worship with you. You can be seated. Before we dive into anything, I want to uh, share a couple of announcements, and then we're just going to go right into the Word uh, tonight. Um, this Saturday, men who are able, and, and quite a few have already responded, and I just want to make sure you are aware uh, we will, of course, have prayer as we try to do at 7 o'clock for men this Saturday morning. And uh, then afterwards, I'd like to have a, a quick work day. And uh, I say quick because I think just from the responses I've got already, we might spend an hour. Uh, we don't have a ton of stuff necessarily we want to do, just a couple of uh, things we want to get knocked out that with many hands will be light work and uh so uh, that would be this Saturday following men's prayer. Uh, we might have coffee and a little bit of fellowship between prayer and a little bit of work. But uh, we'll work side by side and fellowship at the same time. Amen? So that would be this Saturday. Uh, thank you to all who have responded. And uh, if you're able, we look forward to that time together in prayer. And uh, amen. Uh, also, uh, this Saturday uh, at 3 o'clock in the afternoon... Uh, brother and sister Jeremy and Lindsay Casa uh, will be ministering in Union Gap. Uh, we will have uh, young people uh, from uh, here, from there, as well as other churches throughout uh, southeastern Washington here will be gathering together there for a time of ministry. Um, it is open to all that want to come. Uh, it's not some exclusive thing. Uh, but that will be this Saturday at 3 o'clock. Um, it's my plan to be there. I'm, I'm a younger person, just not a young person. And so, uh, but it would be a blessing to be. Brother Casa um, works and is a part of Life Church in the Federal Way Congregation. So we look forward to he and uh, Brother Jeremy and Sister Lindsay being there. And the Lord really uses him, so we're excited about that. So that'll be this Saturday at 3 o'clock. Uh, following that service for the young people uh, that fall in that group, the 18 to 36 young people, uh, 
there will be a time of uh, they're going to have pizza and games and fellowship and all that. I think you got to pay ten bucks for that. Uh, twelve, thank you. Twelve bucks. It just oh twelve to thirty six. Sorry, not eighteen to thirty six. But it's ten dollars. I thought the price just went up. So ages twelve to thirty six. Uh, and uh, but yeah. $10 for afterwards, if you're staying afterwards for that. That's not open to everybody. So, um, Brother Lewis, you can't hang out afterwards and eat. So, <laughs> take all our candy. But anyway, sorry. Um, amen. Inside joke. Uh, so, that's this Saturday at 3 o'clock. And uh, then next Friday night. Is that right, Brother Johnstone? Next Friday night at 7.30. Um, we will have a section-wide fellowship meeting at the Union Gap location. It will be a home missions focus. Um, for those that that term home missions may be like, well, what in the world's that? Home missions is places where maybe we're starting a work or working to start works and plants of churches or teaching and preaching points and things like that. So there will be ministry like that. And then Brother Travis Miller, who heads up home missions, for the state of Washington, uh, he will be ministering, preaching there that night, next Friday night. Uh, tremendous uh, teacher and preacher. Uh, I got to work with Brother Travis Miller some 15 years ago when we both worked on the uh, the General National Youth Board together. And uh, he's just a tremendous young man. And uh, he's like me. I guess we're not as young as we used to be, but... Uh, he'll be a blessing to us. So that'll be next Friday night, 7.30, um, there in Union Gap as well. It's nice when everything's close to home. Amen? So we'll get those things put out on WhatsApp too, but I wanted to make you aware of those different things that are happening. Uh, lots of ways to connect and have fellowship that way. And then um, I would like you to please make note, again, these are all things we'll communicate out via WhatsApp also, but... October the um, 4th, 5th, and 6th, that should be a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. October the 4th, 5th, and 6th, um, we will be having three days, as we do periodically, three days of focused prayer and fasting as a congregation for all who will. Uh, October the 4th, 5th, and 6th, more to come on that. Amen? Praise God. Let's dive into the word of the Lord. Can we do that? Amen. Uh, the book of Acts. The book of Acts. I'll let you get there. And I'd like us to pray again. I do not know how what we're going to talk about tonight will come out. I usually don't. Um, there are times where the Lord speaks to us for the moment. Okay? There are times that he speaks for us or to us for the future. Uh, there are times he even speaks to us about the past. He, he speaks to us in different ways for different reasons and different times to mold and shape and make the entire individual and the work he's doing in his body, the church. And these things that the Holy Ghost has been dealing with me about I believe, are critical not only for now, but for the foreseeable future. And so I'm asking, I have been asking the Lord to, as we hear them, that they would not just be heard tonight, but that by His Spirit, they would be placed in our spirit for such a time. Um, there are things that God can put in your spirit that may sit, I don't know if dormant's the right word, but um, 
they may not be fully active in the moment or they may not be fully functional in the moment or you may not be in that place where it speaks to it at the moment. Am I making sense so far? But the Holy Ghost will put things in us sometimes in advance. So that when we do come to a certain point, we recognize where we are. Does that make sense? And so I believe that the Lord is wanting to put things in us for where we are and also for what we will see ahead. Um, all right. So with that being said, I'd like us to pray together before we go further here into the word. And could we ask him to anoint our minds and the soil of our heart so that we could hear and receive on good ground what he would desire to give? Would you do that with me right now? To hear with a spiritual ear. Lord Jesus Christ. We can do nothing without you. You are God. We are your people. And what a privilege and an honor that is. What a great privilege to be bought, purchased, and placed into the body of Christ and called by your name. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would anoint our minds to hear. To hear with our spirit. That you, living God, who alone is able, would write upon the fleshly tables of our heart your living word. Rhema of God, speak to us. Anoint our ears in this very moment. Anoint our spirit, I pray. Holy God, impart by your word and by your spirit that which you intend to equip to edify, to prepare, and to position your people for the purpose of the hour. In the name of Jesus, I pray, and I thank you, and I give you all the glory and all the honor. For it is you alone that does the work. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. I am... Convinced of the Holy Ghost that we are in the last days. We need an awareness and a recognition of where we are. We need an awareness of the time. The Bible speaks of a tribe in the Old Testament, and we've talked about this before, that they were men that knew the times, but not only did they know the times, they knew what to do. So it's not just enough to know the time. We need the wisdom and the guiding of the Spirit of God so that we know the time, but we know what to do as the body of Christ. And I believe we are seeking and learning to walk and do that. I believe that. This is not a... Uh, a rebuke or a reprimand, I, I believe we are doing that. We're seeking to feel after the Spirit of God, be engaged and involved where He's leading us to be engaged and involved. And I'm so thankful for that. I, I, when I think about the many hands in the work, just looking here in this room and some that aren't able to be here tonight, and the different home groups and Bible studies and outreach points and involvements and engagements all around... I, I am so humbled and so thankful and so grateful for the body of Christ and the work of the church and the many that are a part of it. It is, as we well know, not a one-man show. Aren't you thankful for that? Amen. And there are different functions. There are different roles. There are different responsibilities. There are different places that we all fill and fit. But we all have a place of ministry in this hour. And uh, we see that. And there are things when we look at the book of Acts and we read of the church, 
The book of Acts is the birth of and the action of the church. All right? That's why it's called the Acts of the Apostles. It's the actions of the apostles, and we see, furthermore, the actions of the church. And we see things throughout the book of Acts in the 28 short chapters that the church did, how they lived, what they dealt with. Uh, And so there is, the way the Lord has been dealing with me through this, you know, the church is still the church. Our goal, our desire, our pursuit is the same as what I believe the book of Acts church was, is to be dead to self, alive to Christ, have Christ operate through us as his body so that he's glorified and men are drawn to him. And I believe that's our heartbeat. I believe that's our desire. We're still striving to live and walk and be there. We haven't got it all figured out by any stretch of the imagination, but Thanks be to God, I believe we're going the direction he's wanting us to go. And so we, we look at the church in the book of Acts and we see some things. And I've, I've been thinking of this as problems with the church. I don't want to call it that, so I hope we're not. I, I just, uh, you know, you can read the book of Acts and you think, man, everything's beautiful. Everything's wonderful. Man, it's so powerful. And that's all true, the wonderful, powerful part. But it's not all beautiful. Everything wasn't. Just perfect and wonderful and exactly the way they'd want it to be. And like, oh, life is grand. Oh, if only, you know, sometimes people, man, if we were the church like they were, then we wouldn't have any problems. Well, you better read the book of Acts again. And so I want us to look here. I want to walk through some things. We're not going to take the time to read all of the verses, but I'm going to give you lots of references. You can write them down or you can go back and uh Watch the, we're going to record, so you can go back and watch or listen later and capture them. I'm asking and encouraging us to study the Word of God. All right? Paul told Timothy that we should study to show ourselves approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, who is rightly dividing the Word of truth. And so this is important. We have a responsibility to study the Word of God. But I want us to see some things here that the early church dealt with, and uh, you may find it unique. Acts chapter 5. Acts chapter 5, verse 13. Is a very familiar story to many of us, as many of these places are. And Acts chapter 5, we see the story of Ananias and Sapphira, right? It's a man and a woman, a husband and a wife. They sold a possession that they had, some land. And then, verse 2, they kept back part of it and agreed together. And then they brought a certain part of the proceeds and laid it down at the apostles' feet, verse 3. And Peter said to Ananias, Why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Ghost? And to keep back part of the price of the land. While it was in, while it remained, wasn't it your own? And after it sold, was it not your own power? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. And Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and gave up the ghost. He died. Right there. And great fear came on all them that heard these things. I think that's a fair response. Like, what just happened? There was no record of this before. Like, like what, what, just, what just happened? Is he dead? I, right? This was a real situation. I imagine people were going, I think he's dead. He's dead. And uh, I don't know if it was the case in Jerusalem. You know, a lot of places where I was as a kid, the the cemetery was always right beside the church. (laughs) Apparently, in this case, where they buried people was right beside the church because they carried him out and buried him. This is what the word says. In verse 7, it was about three hours later, his wife came, didn't know what was done. She walks in. Peter says to her, 
tell me whether you sold the land for so much. She said, yes, for so much. Peter said to her, how is it that you have agreed together to tempt the Spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of them which have buried your husband are at the door and shall carry you out. And she fell down straightway at his feet and yielded up the ghost. Man, you want to talk about getting people's attention. Within three hours or so of each other, pretty close to a three-hour time span, they must have been in church for a while. Or something was always going on in the church anyway. Well, they gathered. They didn't have a building yet. Two people have walked in and have died. And they carried them out and buried them. And it says great fear came upon the church. And upon as many as heard these things. And by the hands of the apostles, verse 12, were many signs and wonders wrought among the people. Now, I I read through that. We're not going to read through all of them tonight. But I want you to see something. Ananias and Sapphira were in the church. Agreed? They weren't outsiders saying, let's see if we can go trick this group. They were in the church. There was deception and hypocrisy. In the church. It came. It was part of an outpouring. A time when the Holy Ghost was being poured out. When people are added. The church is growing. There were those that came in. Shocker of shockers. That did not have a pure motive. Their motive wasn't right. Now. I'm going to dare say it's, I'm going to make an assumption here. The scripture doesn't say, so I'm not trying to add to scripture. But I don't know that it's going out on a limb to say Ananias and Sapphira had probably already been baptized in Jesus' name and had probably received the gift of the Holy Ghost. Pretty good chance. And yet, they gave way to deception and to hypocrisy. Now, we often focus on the financial aspect there, and there's something to that. That's not where the focus is here tonight. Uh, But I want us to recognize in the early church, as the church was growing, and you're going to see all of these things happen to be when the church was growing and multiplying. And so I see the Lord has us, I, I think I made this statement Sunday, the Lord is, I feel like, continued to deal with me I am breaking doors open on the left and the right. There are doors that are going to come open on the left and the right. And you're not going to be able to contain. And so we need to understand with that comes challenges. With the adding of people to the body of Christ comes challenges. And so if we have an awareness of that, Then we reckon, okay, what do we do when challenges come in the church? And we have the book of Acts, so we know, hey, the challenges came to the early church. So, deception and hypocrisy came in. They were trying to appear as someone they were not. Look, this is always going to happen in the church. Somebody says, I ain't going to that church. It's got a bunch of hypocrites. Well... Where else will you find hypocrites? I mean, think about that for a moment, right? A hypocrite is somebody that's trying to appear a certain way but isn't. Well, they're trying to appear as though they've got everything going. For you. You're going to find them in the church. So that's not really a good reason to say I'm bailing on the church. Somebody once said, you know, once you find the perfect church, don't join it. It won't be perfect anymore. Right? It's true of me, right? Don't, once I find the perfect church, don't join. It would mess all that up. Right? But the Lord is going to, and He is perfecting His church. And so we need to understand, as the Lord adds to and grows the church, there will be, there will be some who will come who will not have the pure motive. Deception will try to creep in. Hypocrisy will be a part. And there's different reasons. I, I've often wondered, why did they do this? I wonder, why do people do what they do? 
and and I don't know. I, I made notes. I'm like, man, was it for? Were they seeking praise? Were they seeking attention? Were they seeking acceptance? Were they ex- seeking recognition? I, I don't know. I don't know what their motive was, but clearly it wasn't pure. So we have to know that will come, and it came. I think we need to recognize when these things come and lift their head. This came at a time when the church was growing and sacrificial giving had gripped the lives of many who were responding to the Holy Ghost. And so an element came in that wasn't of God. It was of humanity, of of Satan. We know it was Satan. Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart? That said, I'll try to look like. And so it could become a deterrent to those. Hold on a minute. Maybe I don't want to be sacrificially giving. Maybe I, maybe I need to question. Right? The adversary always looks to bring something to distract from what God is doing. Ananias and Sapphira could have just went right. But the Lord said, I've got to deal with this. I'm not going to let this continue. I don't believe this was a one-time deal in, ter- in terms of the Lord dealing with them. He's got a lot of mercy. I think somewhere he probably gave them opportunity, gave them opportunity, gave them opportunity. But this was the straw or the last one. And so the Lord said, I'm going to deal with this. So know that this happened. See, we can skip over that and forget they were in the church. Now, I'm not telling you I think we got Ananias and Sapphira here tonight, okay? So don't. Uh, but, but we need to recognize as the Lord adds to the church, there will be challenges that come. And so who dealt with this? Well, the Spirit of the Lord dealt with this. He gave a word and discernment to the Apostle Peter. And in that moment, under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, the Apostle Peter dealt with it in God's timing and God's way. So that has to be a lesson to us, right? So we see something that came into the church in the book of Acts, and we see how it was dealt with in the book of Acts. I want you to see that pattern as you study these. We're not only looking at what was the challenge, we're looking at how was it dealt with. Because we are at a place where we're seeing the Lord add people, and it's only going to multiply more than we can keep up. Okay? You notice the 30-something people that weren't part of the congregation that were at the river Sunday? The Lord was dealing with hearts. People were weeping as we got to preach there at the riverside. The Lord is reaching to people. And so he's going to add people. And here's no shocker. He's not going to add people that have it all together and everything's perfect and they've got it all in order and they just understand everything about this book. And they're, they're going to come with challenges. We're all here and we all got challenges. Amen? Amen? Is that all right? We got them. And so we need the wisdom of the Word of God, the recognition of what the Word teaches. Because we don't want to go, oh, no, once you, you know, th- this idea, once I get things together, then I'll. No, come on. Let's let God begin to work in our lives. But there's a lesson to us also from this. Let's be honest before God. Amen? So we find something else here. And again, I'm not going to read these. You can write these down or go back later and write them down. Acts 5, verse 18 and 19. Acts 12, verses 5 through 10. Acts 16, verses 23 through 34. It's very interesting. In all three of those places, we find the early church in prison. Uh Uh-oh. Some of you here are like, well, I've been in prison, but I don't want to go back to prison. Right? Okay? I'm not looking at anybody. Right. No, no. But but we need to understand this was something that happened to the early. If we think for a minute we're going to read the book of Acts and they're going to have gone through things and dealt with things and faced stuff that we in the last days when God begins pouring out his spirit and adding to the church greater than he's ever had. We think we won't deal with any of it. We're being deceived. We need to read the book and say, what is it telling us about the church? And I feel the Holy Ghost is adding to, and, and, and it's not even the tip of the iceberg right now. When we begin moving into, when the Lord opens the doors into harvest, 
It's why we need to see what did they deal with and how did the Lord choose to deal with it. So we recognize, when, okay, this is what, I, I remember this in the word. This is how the Lord dealt with this. In the, don't be dismayed. Don't be troubled. No, oh, no, something. No, this is what happens when the church is growing. This is what happens when God is moving. This is what happens when the spirit is flowing through the body. This is what happens when God is manifesting himself. Challenges come. And oh, by the way, they come through people. So we don't hate people. We don't, we don't, uh, we talked about a couple weeks ago. We're not wrestling with people. Spiritual. All right. So we need to understand those three chapters I said, Acts 5, 12, and 16. The church dealt with stuff that caused the church to end up in prison. Rightfully or wrongfully. There may be places you end up. That you've got to trust, if I was doing the work and the will of God, God knows what he's doing here. In Acts 5 and Acts 12, in both of those situations, an angel came. What did they do while they were in prison? Let's get the church and go down there and hold up signs and protest. No, what did the church do? The church prayed. The church prayed, and the Lord sent an angel in both of those situations, and open the doors. Or loose them, Acts 5 and Acts 12. And then in Acts 16, we see people in prison, the church. And this time, I'm sure the church prayed, but an angel didn't come and let them out. But what happened? The Lord sent an earthquake. Not to get them out, to wake them up. They were singing, they were worshiping, they recognized there's a purpose in why we're here. They had a confidence. There's a reason. And, of course, it was the Philippian jailer that came rushing in when Paul and Silas and everybody else was free. He was going to kill himself. And Paul and Silas said, do yourself no harm. We're all here. And this jailer washes their stripes, takes them to his house. Him and his house received the word. They baptized the Philippian jailer and his house. And they go back to prison. We know that because the next morning they came to get them out. They understood God has a purpose for having us where we are. Sometimes he'll send an angel to let us out. Sometimes we got to go through what we're going through because it's not about me. It's about who he's reaching, what he's doing, his purpose. So what we have to look at and remember and learn from the early church, they ended up in places they wouldn't have chose, but when they were in the will of God, God always had a plan and a purpose. All right. Important. Acts, Acts chapter 6. Watch. This tonight, this is all going to be like real high level stuff like that. But I, this is why I want you to go dig and look and let the Lord put it in your spirit. We need to understand challenges the church dealt with because they will try to come. And if we're not careful, we'll get drawn in and we'll lose sight of the calling, the timing and the purpose of God in and with us right now. And we can't be distracted. It's too late. We've got to be doing the work of the kingdom as he leads us. All right. Acts chapter six. I'm going to read here. Verse one. And in those days, everybody say those days. When the number of the disciples was multiplied. So those days are the days that the number of disciples are multiplying. That's growth. That's the Lord adding to the church. In those days, here's what happened. There arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Where did the murmuring arise? In the church. What now, side? In the church. They're not giving enough attention to this. They, you know what? I don't understand why they don't do more. We should be giving more time to this. This murmuring arose. And the murmuring here is between the Grecians and the Hebrews. Culture clash. Different cultures. Grecians and Hebrews, Jews, Gentiles. So a clash comes, right? Uh, 
I guess actually at this point they would have all been Jews, but there's a culture clash taking place between Grecians and Hebrews because Acts 10 is when we see the Gentiles receiving the Holy Ghost. But So there's this murmuring, murmuring, murmuring going on. So verse 2, the 12, that's the 12 apostles, they called the multitude of disciples together and them, said, you know what? It's not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Wherefore, brethren, look out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, who we can appoint over this business, verse 4. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Verse 5, the same pleased the whole multitude, and they chose, and it names the seven men they chose. Verse 6, they said them before the apostles, when they prayed, they laid their hands on them. Verse 7, and the word of God did what? Increased. And the number of the disciples did what? Multiply. So murmuring came in the church. Complained about what was or wasn't happening. About, you know, I can't believe we're letting the grounds look this way. or You know, fill in the blank today. Right? Now the apostles didn't deny that there was a need here. But they said it's not reason that we should leave what our purpose and our function and our place is to deal with this. So you know what they did? They said, hey, you know what? You and you and you, all of you, someone in all of you have been part of this murmuring. Now, they may not have said it that way, but, you know, it wasn't, I don't think they just shared one verse and went on. They addressed the need. They said, hey, this is a real thing, but our role and our function, our calling, our place is not this. But it needs to be addressed. So, those of you disciples, find yourselves seven men that can take care of this. That we can appoint over this matter. Here's the lesson. If there's something that I want to murmur about, I should be saying, how can I step in and be involved in ministry to deal with it? You with me? Because murmuring arose. Doesn't mean there's never things that get missed that need to be dealt with. You understand? It just says when I recognize them, what do I do? Apparently, this got far enough along that finally the apostle said, we got to talk about this. Somebody had to say, we got to do something about it. But if you're waiting on Peter, James, and John to do it, we're not doing it. We're not above that. But that's not what we're called to and not our place and our function right now. Does that make sense? This was an issue that came while the church was growing. Look, as the Lord adds to the church, there are going to be more and more situations and circumstances and needs that are going to take time, energy, and effort. It's why every one of us have to be involved and engaged. It's why, you know, for so many years, the idea was find something for everybody in the church to do in, in, in my world growing up in some ways. And that meant find them something to do in, related to, connected to the building and the services. Have them teach a Sunday school class, have them um, be the ones that usher, have them, not that we should, nothing wrong with finding things to do in the building and services, you understand? But the focus of getting people involved was let's always find a way to get them involved in something having to do while we're here. That's not the function of the church. Those things are necessary. I thank God for Brother Jerry running and putting scriptures up. That's a necessary thing. All right. Thank God for that. I thank God for Brother Zario getting services recorded and uploaded to podcasts. So we, that's a necessary ministry connected to it. But it's such a small part. Not insignificant in any way. Very significant. But there's so many too. Teaching home Bible studies week after week. Having these one-on-one 
engaging with a coworker. The word of that's the work in the ministry of the church. And we know that and we do that and, and we're going to continue doing that. When we involve ourselves in that, we recognize, man, I got a place in the church. I have a part in the body. I have something to do. I, I, I'm learning what my place is. And we may not, there's still a figuring it out at times, but we recognize, I know I've got a place of ministry. It's not something created for me to do. It's God's calling and purpose in my life. It's a function I have in the body. That makes sense? And so murmuring came. It came at a time of growth. Imagine that. Number of disciples multiplying. Growth. They addressed it. I think the people that were murmuring started. I, I don't know if Stephen and these other guys were all murmuring. Probably not. They were full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom. They were full of faith. But they probably knew people that were murmuring. <laughs> it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Okay? Acts 11, you can read it. It's where, of course, Acts 10 is where Peter went to Cornelius' house, right? We know that story. He goes to Cornelius. The Gentiles, they receive the word. They're baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost. Acts chapter 11, an amazing thing happens in the church. Brothers start contending with brothers over outsiders coming into the church. Now, I know you may not read it that way, but that's what the Bible says. They contended with Peter. Why? They had this idea about who could and couldn't or should or shouldn't be a part of the church. And because God began doing something that they hadn't heard yet. Now, Peter didn't jump outside the word and create some new doctrine, you understand. He pointed them right back to the word and said, look, they have received the Holy Ghost the same as we. He commanded them to be baptized the same way they were commanded. He stayed in the word. But they were like, they had always thought this is just a Jewish thing. And because they didn't understand the reach of God, they began to contend with their brother over the direction he went. It was a real thing. See, we read over these things and we forget. The church, we the church, is made up, this is not deeply revelatory, of people. Imperfect people. And people come with challenges and problems and pressures and, and all of these things that we see here and would read, they're throughout the book of Acts. And they've got to be there for our, they're included so we don't get this false idea they're included that we recognize this is going to be part of the church. This is going to happen when the church is growing. This is going to happen when the Lord's adding to the body. And so if we have an awareness, we can check ourselves in prayer. We can check ourselves when something comes. We can check our spirit one with the other in relationship with God, with His Word. And we can say, God, give me a recognition. Help me see when this is, help me to do my part. Let me see what the Word says about this and respond accordingly. That contending with the idea about outsiders came at a time when the door was opening to the Gentiles. Here's an interesting one. Acts chapter 8, Acts chapter 13, Acts chapter 16, Acts chapter 19. I'm just throwing that out there so you know it wasn't just in one spot. Okay? Acts 8, 13, 16, and 19. All four of those chapters we read. And guess what the early church started dealing with? Sorcery, witchcraft, and divination starting to rise up. Why? Because God, through the body, was doing supernatural spiritual works. People were speaking the name of Jesus. And those under the influence of unclean spirits were delivered by the powerful name of Jesus. They were transformed, filled with the Holy Ghost. Men who were lame were made to walk by the power of the name of Jesus. There were supernatural things taking place 
And so the adversary, always seeking to imitate the Lord, spirits of sorcery and witchcraft and divination begin to rise up. And you look. In one place, it was really subtle. The apostle even said, oh, thou full of subtlety. Very subtle. He said, baptize me, Philip. In Acts chapter 8. But then his heart was revealed. He said, hey, give me money that on whom I lay hands they can receive the Holy. Let me give you money so you can give me this gift on who I lay hands they receive the Holy Ghost. His motive got revealed. He was called the sorcerer. He had had the people believing that he was some great power, but he couldn't do what Peter and John had did under the power of the Holy Ghost operating through them. And so feeling like he might. So we see a spirit of sorcery working in There will be imitation that will try to rise up. It will rise up. Wasn't just once or twice. We see it multiple times. Acts chapter 16, the spirit of divination that was upon that woman was saying, These men be the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of the Lord. Saying the right stuff, but the spirit wasn't right. What is it doing? It's the adversary seeking to confuse and lead people astray. If it was in the book of Acts, at the beginning, we're going to see it in the last days as we walk in apostolic authority and ministry. Our design, our desire is to be a book of Acts church. Amen? And so we see these things. We understand, okay, this is there. Again, I'm going to tell you what I told, shared at the outset. I believe the Lord is wanting us to see these things, not necessarily just for the now. But recognize as we go forward, as he's adding to the church, as he's growing his church in this last day. We go, I remember us, I remember us talking about that in the word. I remember going back and digging and looking in the word. Now, in each of those situations, like the one in Acts chapter 13 is, of course, where the seven sons of Sceva, I believe that's Acts 13, where the seven sons of Sceva tried to cast out an unclean spirit. And they said, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul teaches, we adjure thee to come out. One of these unclean spirits said, Paul, we know, and name the one that we know, but we don't know who you are. But those unclean spirits came out of the man and leapt, the Bible says, on those seven sons of Sceva. And they ran out of the house, tearing their clothes off, and ran out naked. Why? Because they were trying to imitate what God was doing through the people of God. And when it came time, God said, no, enough. I'm going to expose that. We see in Acts 16 with the woman with divination. Paul endured it for a while. He listened, he endured. But there came a time where the Holy Ghost said, no more. And the Holy Ghost said, address it. And Paul addressed it. He said, in the name of Jesus, come out. And so we see the Lord dealing with these situations of sorcery, witchcraft, and divination under the unction of the Holy Ghost. Appointed time, the Lord says, now. No word. So we recognize through the Scripture those things arise and how the Lord dealt with them in the church. Is this all right? We need to see and recognize these things in the book of Acts. So we're not ignorant of the enemy's devices. Okay, I believe they're here for our admonition, for our understanding, for our awareness. Um, I, I do want to read this. Acts 19, verse 18 and t- 18. Acts 19, starting at verse 18. I'm going to hurry here and try to get to a close. Acts 19. Verse 18. This was the church. And many that believed. Those are believers. These are the church. They came and they confessed and they showed their deeds. These are people with pure motives. They're, they're not trying to hide. They're showing their deeds. They're trying to be honest, transparent. They want to, they, they're into God transform me, make me new. I want to. 
verse 19, many of them, not one or two of them, many of them also which used curious arts. Remember talking about what they had gotten caught up in the spirit of the day and what was going on in their world. The whole cities were thinking that men of sorcery were some great one, the Bible says. And so people that were one into the kingdom of God had gotten entangled with this stuff. We're going to be led of God to people that have gotten entangled in some stuff. It's going to happen. There were many of them which had used curious arts. What did they do? They brought their books together and burned them before all men. And they counted the price of them and found that 50,000 pieces of silver. I like the result, verse 20. So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. There might be some things you need to burn. I don't know. I remember once. I remember once I had a. When I was younger, I'd started listening to music I shouldn't have listened to. Clearly, it was not of God. It did not glorify God. And therefore, if it wasn't glorifying God, it was glorifying men. If it was exalting men, and uh, music is definitely one of the most spiritual things there is. It's a very spiritual avenue, um, probably one of the single greatest avenues that Satan uses to affect people's minds and hearts is music. And so I had I had collected some things. You know, you couldn't just have it digitally when I was younger. <laughs> you actually had to have a cassette. You guys are like, what? what? Right? Uh, uh, or a CD. Um, and uh, eight tracks were before my time. So just in case you were getting ready to put that out there. But I had this music, and the Lord started dealing with me about it. And I'm like, well, I know people that would want it. I'll just give it to them. When the Lord dealt with me, why would you get rid of it and give it to someone else? I'll just put it on offer up and at least make a few bucks. We didn't have offer up. But you get the point? I was like, no, I got to destroy it. And I was looking like, man, I paid some money. I got money sitting here. Destroy it. 50,000 pieces of silver was the price of the books they'd collected. But they determined, look, we're not selling this on Jerusalem eBay. We're burning this. We don't want this to go to somebody else. All right. What was it? It was the early church dealing with ways that sorcery, witchcraft, divination had tried to. Now, you might say, man, Brother Hart, you're reaching. I don't think so. If you think, if you think witchcraft and sorcery was prevalent in their day, you have no idea what we're dealing with in our day. People are so entertaining spirits every day and they don't know it. Usually through music. Can't get by without their ear pods in. Can't. It vehic the adversary vehicles on music. Well, this isn't planned here, but here we are. We need to be aware. Of what, and so, so this will come into the church. Now the Lord in his love and his mercy for us will deliver us. He'll begin to deal with our hearts. So we have to recognize this. Right, might be good to go through and clean out your playlist if you haven't done that in a while. Amen. So this was why. Notice when they did that, when they made a decision, we're getting these. Now, I believe it's highly possible that these people had these books but weren't looking at them anymore. You with me? God had done a work in their life, and they were just sitting on the shelf somewhere. And you think books are valuable now. Books were valuable then. 
But they decided, you know what, we got to get rid of this, and we don't just have to get rid of it, we're going to burn this. They cleaned it out of their house. And that's why I love verse 20. When they made some firm decisions to clean some stuff out of their house, mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. Someone needs to hear this. You're wondering why you're stagnated and why isn't the things I'm hearing and receiving going any further. I believe it. I want to receive it. I should see more growth. Something seems to be a blockade. I'm telling you, get rid of some things. Where the Lord has dealt with you about it, where you recognize, or maybe you say, man, I don't know if the Lord, if the word says it, clean it out and watch what happens to the word in you. It will prevail. It will prevail. I got to finish. I got to hurry. Um, Acts 15. Don't go there, but you're right. We see brotherly contention comes. Difference of opinion between brothers. Paul said, I'm not taking Mark with me on this missions trip. He bailed on me once before. I'm done with him. Barnabas stepped in. I'll take Mark. You take Silas. Okay. I mean, we read it like... But this is how it happened. It came in the church. Oh, no, I'm not walking and praying with Brother Lewis. He embarrassed me last time. Then he left me. And I, no, no, no. Okay, fine. Brother Lewis, go with Martin. I'll take Robert. Let's go. Barnabas preserved unity. And you look later, Paul came around. This will happen in the church. It happened in the church. The church was growing. The gospel was being spread. Contention came between brothers. It took another brother to say, it's going to be all right. I'm not going to foster it. I'm not going to feed it. I'm going to help. We need a recognition because of where we are in time and what I believe the Lord is doing and getting ready to do with the church. And we see throughout the book of Acts these different things that came up. But we see the manner in which they were dealt with. No surprise, but you can read it. Acts chapter 4, chapter 7, chapter 13, chapter 14, chapter 19. In those five chapters, we see the church being withstood and or persecuted by religious traditionalists. It's going to happen. Religious traditionalists began to persecute the church and withstand it. Because the church couldn't be controlled by the religious guys. It's there for our admonition. Finally, Acts chapter 1, chapter 12, chapter 17, chapter 19. I probably didn't get them all, but I'm just giving you some examples. The church was withstood and was challenged by the world and the political system. It's in there. Political leaders of the day began to withstand and persecute the church. These were challenges in the book of Acts that the church faced. Now, please hear me. Stand with me, please. I am not, by any means, prophesying doom and gloom. I'm telling you, in all of this, the church grew. In all of this, the church thrived. In all of this, the church went city to city and great joy came into cities. In all of this, the church went out. And miracles, signs, and wonders were done in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And souls were added to the church daily. But these are things they withstood during that time. And so we must know. We must know. God, give us understanding. Open our eyes to see. Remove scales from our mind to realize as you're adding to the church, as you use us, I think it was a Bible study in Mattawa a year or so ago. A spirit rose up there in that individual. 
visited one night. That's the book of Acts. You're in the right place. I remember teaching a Bible study one night in the Santos home years ago. And a, I'll call it a religious traditionalist, started rising up. Provoked something in what was being taught, and it started rising up. The word was contrary to what they thought, but you couldn't deny the word. We need to know these things will come. And the Lord, the Lord wants us to be aware so we're not distracted. And so we see how the Spirit of God dealt with them with the early church. So our focus stays pure. I'm going to do the work of the kingdom. I'm going to stay in a place of prayer. I'm going to seek the Lord. I'm going to do the work that he called me to do. I'm going to walk in the spirit and fulfill the will of God. I'm going to keep engaging with that soul where God's given me an open door to engage. I'm going to wait on the Holy Ghost in this matter. I'm not wrestling people. I'm not wrestling flesh and blood. There's spiritual things I'm dealing with, so I have to pray in warfare. I've got to, I've got to deal with them where the Lord tells me to, but I recognize from his word this is not strange. This is not abnormal. This is the adversary trying to distract the church. But we do the work of the church. Amen? We do the work of the church. And all of it is rooted in love. All of it is rooted in love. Love is a motivator. Love, the love of God, is a pure motivator. We started with Ananias and Sapphira, their motive. The seven sons of Siva, their motive. The sorcerer, his motive. Love, the love of God, is always a pure motive. And so if we are functioning in the love of God and become a conduit for the love of God... Our motive will be pure. That doesn't mean soft and warm and fuzzy. Okay? Jude said, if some have compassion, making a difference. Compassion's action, not passive. Some say by fear, pulling them out of the fire, he said. We're the church. And these are real things the church faced. And we need to be aware where we're going. Know what time it is. Don't be afraid. It just encourages you. Oh, I'm going the right way. I'm recognizing some of these things I'm dealing with. I'm withstanding. I read that in the word. Man, I'm going the right direction. Your will, Lord. Would you pray with me right now? Jesus, in your name. Thank you for your word that cannot fail. Thank you for the revelation of your word. Thank you for giving us your holy word so we can see and learn and understand and recognize where we are. We can learn from our forefathers, from those that have gone before. Gives us an awareness of the adversary's devices, but also shows us the great goodness and power of God working through your people. Let us to see and to hear and receive of you and recognize these things, recognize the hour. And do the work of the church. In the name of Jesus, we will submit ourselves to you. We will receive of you, Lord. We will do the work you've called us to do by your grace operating through us. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Equip us, Lord, according to your purpose. Equip us, Lord, according to your purpose. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Please, please go back and dig into those, the Scripture. Uh, we walked through a bunch of the book of Acts tonight in about 45 minutes and didn't go in any depth at all. The goal is to bring awareness and then provoke us to study. I believe we are. I believe we are here. And. I 
know what I witnessed in the Holy Ghost Sunday at the river. I know what I witnessed here. I know what I'm watching as God is continuing for so many of you opening doors to people. It's not our personalities doing that. It's the Spirit of God giving you favor. So we need to be aware. Amen? God bless you. Please greet someone. We will see you men Saturday morning at 7. Many others Saturday afternoon at 3. And all of you I would trust Sunday morning at 9.30. God bless you.